Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is of great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do. Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep like humans do. And they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants would live way up in the highland. The young graves, the young men would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12 footers to come walking down the path and they would jump on them and kill them, drag them back to the village and the village would feast on the body. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. Welcome back to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me. I have a great episode in store for you guys. I am joined by Carly. She is a disciple of Dan Duvall. She reached out to me. She wanted to share her testimony. This is powerful. It's an emotional roller coaster. We barely get into Carly's full story, but we just this is an introduction. And we jump around some amazing topics about how God has been healing her, some of the traumas that she has been through in her life. And then there's some surprise cliffhangers for towards the end of this episode about her Bigfoot encounter that she had. Yeah, you heard me right. Sasquatch. And it's just an edifying and encouraging story overall. It's it needs to be talked about. And I know other people out there, you guys have a story. You got something you need to get off your chest. This is the place to do it. Reach out to me. Read the show notes, you guys. You're able to get my email address there and find all kinds of recommendations that I have there, like Dan Duvall's Bride Ministry uh, website, which you can go to to get prayer or counseling if you need counseling in this space for any of the traumas that you've been through in this life or just to help you along your journey. You can also find my website for the podcast in the show notes. You guys, leave me that five-star rating and review. That's how you help the show grow. You help me reach more people just like me and you. And you guys, please consider donating. Shout out to Isaiah, who came back and donated again, my brother. We covet your prayers. We thank you guys for the encouragement and for helping this podcast to grow. We could not do it without you. But with all that being said, I am ready to jump into this episode. Are you guys ready? Let's go! 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 Let's
name's Carly. I'm from Minnesota. We're going to be talking about my life story and the faithfulness of God today. Welcome to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Carly, that was an awesome introduction, and I'm happy to be with you. Thank you. This is going to be a really awesome conversation. So I just want to start off with asking you, how did you find the podcast? My pastor is Dan Duvall, who you have interviewed. So that's how I found it. <laughs> that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan is a really awesome guy. I think very highly of him and Amen. the work that he's done, especially with the prayers. I always tell people in my personal life, his prayers are powerful. I believe in strategic prayer. And mm-hmm. God also talks about precatory prayer in the word. I mean, that's you know the prayer that David was using against hordes of enemies that were after him. And uh, I think it's something that's that the church doesn't really put a lot of focus on. So that's so cool that Dan Duvall is your pastor. He's uh, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, he's been on the show twice. We've talked yeah. a couple times off air, and um, there's nobody quite like him. Indeed, it's really true. I've also to piggyback on what you said about the strategic prayers. I've definitely believed that in this season, in this generation, it's becoming more and more about praying with wisdom. I think generations before got by for a long time with, Lord, please help such and such. Lord, fix our government. You know, very vanilla prayers. But the way that the enemy is operating, when you compare that to the revelation of our identity in Christ and how intentionally and intensely the Lord is unpacking who and what we really are, it's like you can see that these things are rising in intensity together. So the more the enemy is utilizing wicked constructs in the astral realm or utilizing iniquities and bloodlines to get whatever he wants get to get going, on the contrary, the revelation of who and what we really are is becoming more solid in people. I tell you, there's I don't know anybody in my circle who isn't asking that question, who am I? What is my identity in Christ? What did he mean when he said, greater things will you do? What did he say in John 17 when he asked us to be one with him as he is one with the Father? And I think that these, the importance of our identity is playing a lot into how effective our strategic warfare is because it's no longer that vague vanilla prayer. We're going for the constructs of the enemy now with the weapons of, of not seeking victory as if it's something that's beyond us, but fighting from the place of victory because the essence that has made me is victory. I don't strive to be something. The essence of Yahweh is in my DNA. You understand? So it's like no longer this, fighting yeah. for victory, yeah. but from victory because I am victory. You are victory. It's not something you seek to aspire to achieve someday down the road. It's an expression of your identity. And so when we talk about Dan's prayers, what he's expressing is the truth of who he is. And the reason why I think it rings so strong with you and with other people is because it's like we've been like the Bible talks about the deer panting for the water of life. And now in that water of life is our identity because he is in us. What else is there? Like the revelation of Christ is the revelation of us 
as he made us to be. It is him who works in us and through us to cause his will to come about. And you're hitting on so many important points. And this podcast, this is the space for that. This is the Mm -hmm. millennial mustard seed. Literally, it's just funny that there's so many churches out there on every corner in every neighborhood in America. And a lot of people have these questions. They've been systematically desensitized. They've been dealing with SRA. They've been dealing with all types of different damaging effects from the enemy. Some willing participants, some unwilling participants, or maybe they, some people are being used by the enemy. They don't even know it. Yeah. And we have a generation of people that are looking for better answers. Where can I go? What does God really say about me? Man, I feel it right now. Wow. I'm excited for this interview. This is the first yes. time we talked, Carly. And uh, I can tell you're a disciple of Dan Duvall. <laughs> yeah. Hands down, time. I can tell. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Well, listen, let's start jumping into your story a little bit. Um, You know, I, just give us like a uh, a 30,000 foot overview, if you will, about who you are, mm. you know, how you grew up and let's just start diving into your story. I'm just going to ask For you sure. questions as we go along. There's a bunch of topics I really like to cover with you. So yeah, um, let's go. Yeah. The 30,000 foot view of my story is a story of coming into wholeness. And there's something about trauma at a young age that causes you to become many different people. It's like, I will be different depending on the situation so that I feel safe. And sometimes the identities that I have found in my trauma have been not quite me. And so it's been a it's been a healing journey. It's been a broken journey and I can't say like my parents were maliciously trying to hurt me. I wouldn't go that far. And I know for a lot of people that's their story. But that wasn't the case for me. I I found myself victim as a young child to sexual perversion, and I can go more into that. And then again as a teenager, and I lost my dad at the age of 10. My parents were divorced. My mom was remarried to a man that was just not cool, not safe. And when my dad died, I knew he wasn't gone, and I sought him but I sought him in the wrong ways. And as I grew up, my mom then had separated from my stepdad and I was doing a lot of drugs. Like it was my escape. It made me feel like I might have joy or companionship, just freedom from the darkness that was in my heart. And I moved to Chicago and got brutally sexually assaulted, came back to Minnesota. I wanted to get my life right, but I just couldn't do it. And I ended up getting married. I met and married a man in three months. I met him at the bar, married (laughs) married him three months later. He gave me two beautiful sons. The marriage wasn't safe. Wow. Um, And it dissolved. And I went back into the witchcraft stuff. And um, I came to a point in my life that it was, I needed something else. And there was someone else. Now, I want to ask you, were your parents involved in 
witchcraft or was it a satanic occult or anything that you're aware of? I mean, how did you really kind of find yourself in these situations at a young age? Not overtly, but as I've grown up, I've learned that there's not a lot of room between Catholicism and witchcraft. There's no conflict in the spirit there. And that's not to say that our Catholic brothers and sisters who go to mass and do these things are practicing witchcraft, but it's to say that you can go to Catholic church on one day and go practice witchcraft on another day and not feel that condemnation, that, that what's the word? Conviction. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That, that wow. a person who was really walking with the Lord would feel. There's not a lot of conflict there. So no, they weren't, you know. And I don't know because the weirdness started when I was really young. My first memory of life, I was 18 months old. And I've confirmed this with my mom. I was like, mom, do you remember that time I was sitting on your bed and you gave me like a pile of raisins to eat, but you also had emptied your purse. So there was like change and stuff on the bed. And I was, I was eating the raisins and then I stuck a raisin up my nose and I got really scared because I couldn't get it out. And then you came in the room and started panicking. She was like, Carly, you were like 18 months old <laughs> when that <laughs> happened. You remember that? I was like, yeah, I can remember dreams from being a year old. Wow. Just strange. And, you know, I, as I got older, my mom and my dad, they didn't, they really struggled. They were young parents. They married right out of high school. They had my brother. And um, they were really struggling financially. When I was growing up, they had an airplane because my dad was a pilot and two bikes, no car. So they were biking places and then flying places. <laughs> <laughs> and in Superior, Wisconsin, that's a different kind of cold, people. If you're from anywhere other than northern Minnesota and Wisconsin, you, you just don't know cold like we know cold. It's a different, it's offensive. It is a disrespectful kind of cold. So they would live, <laughs> they would live their lives like this, right? Yeah. And and my dad chose to be be really mean to my mom. I don't I don't have memories of some of the things that she has said to me, not to downplay my dad, but just as I've asked questions as I've gotten older, but I can remember them arguing. And I remember one particular argument, I was maybe two and they were going back and forth. Rah, 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 rah. And I remember standing in the kitchen crying for peanut butter, but I can remember thinking in my little tiny brain, if I can just get them to focus on me, they'll stop hurting each other. And wow. this is, this is how trauma starts. When a child has to be the one to save their parents from destruction, whether that's perceived or actual, it does something to a child that it, it breaks their heart. And, and as I got older, you know, my parents divorced and um, my mom remarried. But in that time, like I remember I was about four years old and I remember being able to put my fingertips together and pull them apart and see lightning in between my fingers. But I could never do it when other people are around. Or like I remember being able to, I used to call it in my mind, making space under my feet, but I was levitating. But I could never do it when other people were around. So it begs the question, how, what, where, <laughs> where did I learn that? 
I, I don't have a real answer for that. I mean, through prayer and the revelations that the Holy Spirit's given me, I've I've just come to accept that these are bloodline things like Druidism in my bloodline. And for some reason, it just manifested in me, maybe because I was more curious. I, I really don't know. But it made me aware. And the other thing, I could see energies like around flowers and around people. Colors, it looked like almost like a colorful smoke coming off of people. Yeah, like being able to see the aura. aura. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So my mom married my stepdad. It was terrible, folks. Lord Jesus. It was really, he was very mean to my mom. Um, I remember one night in particular, I thought he was going to kill her. He came in looking for, he came in, my mom said, I'm going to hide. I was probably 15 or so. Don't tell him where I am. And, and I knew where the shotgun was. And he, when he came in, he looked evil, like his eyes were bloodshot and red and he was storming around the house. And some of this isn't that unusual, but this night it was a particularly mm, dangerous thing was going on. And my mom was hiding and I was hearing him rummaging through the closet, but I had moved it. I had an instinct about it and I had moved it. And he stormed around and swore and was swearing and he ended up leaving the house. But it wasn't that much longer after that. My mom was like, I'm my mom, a good Catholic girl, said I'm leaving my husband. And that was her end of her second marriage. But it was a very volatile situation. And of course it wasn't all bad. The Lord is this is the thing about telling hard stories that I never want to gloss over. God had ways of showing me his love. Even though things were mm, not safe at home, he gave me a friend named Keisha when I was eight years old. She lived across the street. And her family was very functional and healthy. <laughs> I loved being over there. Her mom loved her dad. Her dad loved her mom. There were no step people. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I got to see what that looks like. And I got to have a, a sister who loved me. And to this day, she's still my best friend. And I'm um, 43 now almost. But there were t it was like God gave me the ability to find fun. It was almost like that was his, his relief avenue for me. I could find fun anywhere. And mm, I did do some not so great things as a child. We were pretty naughty, right? And I'm not going to give glory to God for that. But I will say that. There's always relief. The Lord said to me one time, Carly, there's always more. It's like sometimes we get to places in our lives where we just feel as though what we're experiencing now is, is what we'll always experience. It can be very hopeless, right? But wow. even in the worst times of life, he's like, but there's always more. There's more joy. It might not be here now, but that's not to say it's not coming in the morning. You don't have money, but there's more money. You don't have a friendship, but there are friends. And he's providing always for us. And what we're experiencing now is not going to be our eternal experience. It's not, we're not damned to what we're having going on in our life right now. There's always more. The Lord is abundant. 
So, Carly, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Now, when you said you could see the electricity between your fingers and you could levitate off the ground, do you remember ever um, having like any? Like sleep paralysis during this period in time was there anything mm -hmm. activating that or do you think that was literally like you were saying a bloodline thing or do you think that this was some type of disturbance from the dark side how, how do you yeah. help me understand maybe why that was happening i to tell you the truth i i don't i don't know exactly why that was happening. I do know that I've just always been very sensitive and I think it's a gift, but wow. you know, the yeah. Lord, the, the Lord gives us gifts and it's a beautiful gift and I, I appreciate it. And, but the, but the enemy can, has an inkling about these things too. And every time God does a thing, there the enemy is right on his heels trying to counterfeit that thing and try to pervert that thing and twist that thing and make it a problem. And I mean, literally everything he counterfeits. Well, and that's what I was thinking. Like, that's mm -hmm. why I kind of asked, like, is there, was there sleep paralysis at the time or. But I would have weird dreams. I can remember having yeah. weird dreams. Like I can remember having dreams of being hung by my neck and swung down a staircase. Or like, wow. I remember as a teenager, I had this dream. This was a terrifying dream. I was chained to a bed and there was a demon that was like intimidating and antagonizing and threatening me. And then Satan shows up, but he doesn't look pretty. He's in his form. That's not attractive. And he was, he was threatening to, he was threatening to rape me. And he said in my dream, how does it feel to be raped by a demon? And I could remember waking up from that dream and having physical, like, I felt it on my body. Like, if you've, if, of course, you're married and you have children, so you know you can feel the effects of physical intimacy even after it's passed. And it was yeah. like that. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, so I don't know that it's like they were accessing me from the astral realm why I was targeted. Yes. I, I don't know. Maybe it was. Now, the I think you're spot on with that because, all right, so I said it this way to people. I think the enemy sees our light that's in us sometimes long before we see the darkness, right? So I think the enemy can see that God has put his mark on us. He has a calling on our life that literally there's an anointing for what is written in the book of life for you to complete, like you said that in the beginning here, that state of victory, it, it, that is where we are. The enemy is defeated. We do have the high priest who's interceding for us, but the enemy sometimes, especially through people, especially through circumstances, when we have our innocence, when we're growing young and, and some people turn to be calloused over, but some people, they just, they never quite let themselves get so cold that, that they can't be jump started by what God has planned for them. Actually, I've heard yeah. a little bit of both, but that's why I was asking, like, was there something that you can remember during that time that was significant where the enemy was trying to pervert possibly a gift that you were given, or maybe it was a bloodline thing, but I mean, we can kind of move on from that. So I want to ask you, um, have you had prophetic gene, uh, dreams at all? Yeah, I have. I have my whole life. Oh, wow. So 
One significant one was about 9-11. It was 1996, maybe 95, right in there. And I had a dream that I was in New York City in the dream. And all of a sudden there was this loud bang. And this this like grayish brown thick ash or smoke. I couldn't tell in the dream, but it was like coming at us through the city streets. I had been to New York before at that point. So I was, I had physically been to New York, you know what I'm saying? But I, I could see it in the dream coming and then everything just went. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was so thick and terrible. And I woke up from that dream shook. I've had dreams about and then prayed. Now, after I got saved, I would have dreams. Like there was this one time I had this dream that someone was trying to plant a bomb in Millennial Park in Chicago. And I woke up from that dream and I prayed, 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 prayed. And like a week or two later, they had caught some guy who was planning to do a bomb attack. I have had other dreams where things get exposed to me. One recently, things get exposed to me about people around me that I, that I love and I care about and inbound attacks and I'll tell them and then we thwart them or, Hey, the Lord is giving you a word for this thing. I've had dreams about famous people, Madonna, um, Eminem, Fauci, Joe Manchin, Trump, Scavino, whatever his first name is. Weird stuff. And so the prophetic dreams have always been a thing and I would have prophetic insights as well. One time we were driving up to Duluth. Um, my dad lived up in Superior till he died in 91. And my my in-laws, my, not my in-laws, my mom's husband's family also lived up there. So we were up and down 35W at least three, four times a month, like all the time going up there. And one time I was like, mommy, watch out for deer. We were driving up at night. And within 30 minutes or so, spap, we hit a deer. And my mom was like, how would you know? I'm like, I don't know. I just know some stuff sometimes. I would just know. I don't know. It's, man, um, the old, I don't know about you, Carly, but the older I get, the more I remember stuff from when I was younger, right? And I'll venture out and ask questions. And in a lot of ways, I've said it on the show many times, but I'm still piecing a lot of my, my journey together. Yeah. Right. That's the purpose of the the podcast here is I get to talk with other people. I get to sharpen. I get to be sharpened and really bear each other's burdens in a way and fulfill mm-hmm. the law of just like, hey, like I'm here, like I'm listening, like I'll pray for you. Like we're, we're not alone. That's, that's super important for me. But mm-hmm. just certain things that you're saying, you know, I've had the conversation with my mother where she was like, when you were younger, you would say things. I mean, I had trouble talking for years. Um, and you know, kindergarten didn't, didn't go so well for me because I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't talk to anybody, but she would say that I had insight. I would tell her about things Mm -hmm. that would, then it would happen like a week later or hours later. And it's just, it's interesting to hear you say that there's something about, um, these, this generation, (laughs) this generation of people, Mm -hmm. I think God really has, uh, something up his sleeve for the enemy. And I think the enemy thought it was going to be a weapon for him to use for uh, defeat, but, but mm. God's going to turn the table. I'm sorry. I don't mean to digress here, but no, 
Mm-mm, Let me ask you some more questions. You, you just like triggered some stuff from like, yeah, man, go I ahead, just, brother. Nostalgia. I just went back in my own story by hearing a piece of yours. I'm like, this is good. Yeah. Um, so talk, talk to me a little bit about like seeing energy. So you talked uh, about being able to see like the aura of things, right? Now, was that limited to just people? Mm-mm. Did you see that in animals? Is mm-hmm. that in objects? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. dive into that. For All me. of it. Help, help me. Help me out here. All of that. It it was actually most poignant in things in nature trees flowers rocks places you know i grew up a lot of the time in superior wisconsin which is very beautiful what duluth is very beautiful place there's lots of rivers and wonderful nature places to check out and my dad was big on outdoor sports so he was a pilot so we had his own aircraft and we skied and we went to the beach and he worked for kqds which is up there the radio station we were always out and about. He was a very popular guy. But my point in saying that is we spent a lot of time in nature and I would see it there. But as I grew older, well into my 20s, really until I got saved, and then I had to shut down my third eye because that's what was being utilized, um, I could see energy in people. So I remember one time I was walking down the path behind our apartment at the time and there's this woman. She was walking towards me and I just I had to tell her, because I could see her aura, but then there was this like dark mass that emanated from somewhere around her abdomen. And I, I knew that something was wrong with her. Like she was sick or she either knew it or she didn't know it, but it was looking dark. Right. And so I told her and I didn't pray for her. I wasn't saved at the time. I just <laughs> dropped this thing on her. This crazy 20-year-old coming out of the woods talking about black auras. You know, like I'm sure she was a little <laughs> what? You know, but <laughs> your aura is super purple. You know, it was just it was I'm sure it was weird <laughs> for her. But I told wow. her what I was seeing and she and she put her hand on her stomach. She's like, Yeah, I was just diagnosed with I don't even remember to be honest with you, but she had admitted that there was something wrong in her mm. abdomen. So hmm. I was just always very sensitive. Um, and, and really that lent, lended itself well to being curious about the supernatural. Right. I mean, when you combine yeah. a natural inclination to be curious about what's beyond the veil with, with experiences of trauma, it ends up being that there's an avenue in for the enemy to kind of twist these things and make it something else. And so like, it's, it's just, it's so slick, you know, it's like when you're dealing with the enemy, he's so slick. And then when you take a step back, like you had just said about, he, he thinks he's going to use this generation for some things, but he's got another thing coming. Yes. That's always true too. (laughs) Right. So when I was six, around the age of six, I was molested by my friend's grandfather who lived down the street from my dad's house he was he he would like sit me on his lap and bounce me on his lap and it always made me feel very uncomfortable because he would he his body would react let's just put it like that and then one day he asked me to, to come upstairs to show me whatever I was six. I just agreed. He was like, let me show you something cool. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> I'm not thinking about it. Right. All I knew is that he made me uncomfortable, but I didn't put all the pieces together. And then he, he came out of the bathroom. He was naked. This man tried to get me to touch him. I ran away. But it was it was jarring to my person. Hmm. 
it was so jarring and it just it triggered this hypersexuality in me and from a young age and i i want to be candid with that because there's so much shame that comes with that experience of sexuality at a young age you 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 know it's not right it's almost like your body betrays you because your mind your heart your soul your spirit even it knows this is not good but your body's like this is so good and it starts to sow this division of self very at a very early age and so on the heels of that comes a lot of condemnation gosh i should have known better i knew better i just didn't i wish i would have la 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 and you start to blame yourself but the truth is is that your body is built to respond to these things when it gets triggered early it's a problem but it doesn't make you dirty it doesn't make you beyond redemption it doesn't make sexuality beyond redemption but it, but it does require a real close walk with the lord when it comes to intimacy there on forward because there's so much that has to be restored wow wow and it just makes me think you know as i'm taking this journey with you i'm sitting back listening to your story i can't help but now think about the over sexualization of every generation but especially the youth who don't really have the parameters set in place because not many parents are raising children in the way of the lord that when they grow they won't depart from it that that's just not happening but for example, even you put on YouTube, you know, I put on like super book, which is like a Christian cartoon for my six-year-old and a couple times. And this is through YouTube. I don't do cable. I don't, I don't watch TV like that. I have the TV for pretty much walking, watching documentaries on mm. YouTube of different people, but commercials that pop up, I mean, over right. sexualization of commercials. I, I literally walked in, it was, it was probably a couple of weeks back, and there was like a demonic advertisement for some creepy movie coming out. And my son physically, rea- he's scared. I like had to run, grab the remote, dive, and, and be like, oh my gosh, skip. Like, I turned it off after that. I'm like, nope, we're going back to the books because I try to balance, you know, he's got, he's got a, a good collection of books that, you know, we try to get him interested in, but, it, but it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so just the way you described what happened to you at six years old about how like your body almost felt like it was betraying itself because I believe, you know, kids, especially pure of heart yet. I mean, just just the corruption is not there. What does the word say? The word has the final authority. It says, if you were to make one of these little ones go astray, it is better you tie a millstone around your neck, which is a really big stone. It's not something small and be cast to the bottom of the ocean. And it's like that is happening on numbers that we can't even imagine today all around the world. But that that's what, sorry, I didn't mean to go on another okay. rant, but because you got go- me so emotionally involved just from listening to you. Oh my goodness. And it goes so much farther than that nowadays because, you yeah. know, it used to be that in order to traumatize a child, you would have to physically interact with them. But now the way they do it, in the spirit, they can access our children astrally and affect their souls in ways that have a very similar bent as physical sexual assault. And it 
and it can come through the it can come through the wavelengths that come out of the TV, the tablet. They yeah. access children in their dreams, like it's so just, it's yes. so important that we recognize that the way that the enemy operated a hundred years ago, even fifty years ago, they advanced in technology too. Okay, so Yeshua overcame all of it at the cross. Everything the enemy was going to advance and learn how to do you know, crazy new stuff, la, la, la. He already defeated it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing of fear, but it is a, it is a thing of understanding because the weapons of our warfare advance too. And they're, but they're always the blood, the word, the testimony, the Holy spirit. And one thing I remember is you have to keep your mind sober. We can't allow our children to become afraid. The first thing in my life that caught me was that fear. It was that fear, that moment I thought I had to protect my parents from each other. I had repressed memories come back to me from even before then of things that would happen in the daycares that were also very traumatizing. And it it all led to just a very broken understanding of people and self. But the thing about it is that the Lord is present in all of it. And I have heard people say, well, God, if you were real, where were you? And I'll tell you where he was. He was right there holding you and crying. I had a vision one time of something that happened to me. It's a new memory, and I just I hesitate to tell this story, but I think the important part is this. I had a memory of of a trauma that occurred in in the daycare when I was like two. And the Lord opened my eyes and it, he was had me on his lap with his arms wrapped around me and his chin rested on my shoulder. And I could feel his tears running down the front of my shirt. And he was weeping and he was saying, not this one too. And this is the risk of free will. This is the greatest risk the Lord ever took was giving people free will. But he never wanted robots. But in giving people free will, people can choose to abuse other people. That doesn't make God not real. The purpose that you must find in those traumas is where was he? Because I promise you he was there. I promise you he was weeping. I promise you he, he guarded your heart. That doesn't mean it didn't have an effect, but it means that he is never absent and he weeps over our pain. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazingly deep. Um, I've heard it said, Carly, that some people have considered the, the loss of memory of certain things that have taken place, especially in the younger portion of life, it almost is a gift at times from Mm -hmm. God, because like he, I think also, well, he of all would know that there's these breaking points and that there's trauma that, that layers and it compounds and the, you know, it builds up. And and, uh, I think in some ways, like I I feel that way. The reason I say it is because I even feel that way about my past. I think there's certain things where God was like, we're not going to go there and deal with that yet until you're looking at me. And when you're focused on me, 
and you know who I am and you know the mm-hmm. victory, but you know that we and we all suffer. Just yeah. Read the Psalms, read the Psalms alone. For anybody out there who's like, what are the, what is Rodney and Carly talking about? Listen, there's the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you read the Psalms and see what David went through, literally one point in time, he's, he's crying out and saying, God, my enemies encompass me. Lord, they're, they're here to literally take me down into the pit. Hear my cries. Don't turn your face from me. And you go a couple verses later and he is literally bold statements. My God is just and yes. his fury has consumed the enemy who has set their foot against me. They have fallen by the way of the sword they drew to my neck. Right. I mean, we see, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But but we see that with God's people. So anybody out there listening right now, if if you're getting triggered, if you're having memories, if you're dealing with something, it's okay to go there. But I want to tell you, go there with a godly person. Mm-hmm. Pray and 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 find somebody. Go reach out to Dan Duvall. Every episode since I had him on, I put his website there so you guys have access to the prayers and you guys have access to to go find a coach. And get some help because that's important to me. That's important. It is important. It is important. And the number one thing you can ask is, is literally Jesus, where were you? Not Jesus, where were you? No, he was there. Where was he? Let him show you where he was because he was there. He, where would else would he be? If your child was hurting, where, where would you be? You would be there. And how much better of a father is he? And to go back to what you were saying about memories this you know it's a whole journey like what you said about no um rod you're not ready to go there until you're looking at me yes yes because there's a testimony in our memories and when i got some of these memories back i saw them again but i wasn't re-traumatized by them because i was looking at them through jesus it was like he shielded me from being re-traumatized by remembering things. But you know what I got out of it? For one, I saw him there. And for two, my testimony is written in heaven. And it is a testimony to the condemnation of our enemy. And it affects more than me. My testimony affects more than me. It's not just about how good God has been to Carly. This is about every piece of my soul that the enemy has trafficked and tortured and utilized for evil agendas being taken back from his kingdom, cleansed and given back to me. You know why? You know why that affects everybody else too? Because we are one body. Go in a room with some crabby, energetic vampire, you you will feel drained. So how much more when I am whole, does that not affect the people around me? Does that not affect the body of Christ? Not only that, but he's sowing into his own condemnation. Every memory I get back, it's it's a nail in his coffin. Yes and amen. Because I'll tell you wow. what, if I got yes. one skin cell in the camp of the enemy, I'm coming for it. You don't wow. get anything of mine because you know what they do? They <laughs> yeah. utilize, We there is nothing more powerful in this world than Yahweh himself and he lives in us. So any fragment of us that is utilized by the camp, it's coveted energy. You know, people would love to find oil on their property, right? Because bam, now they're rich because it's utilized to, to energize the world. It runs economies, right? And if that's true for something as simple as oil, imagine what you are energetically. You are the image and likeness of Yahweh. And the energy that he is, is you. He 
He took his essence and made you. That energy can power a lot more than cities, folks. And if even a little bit of it is in the camp of the enemy, it's a problem. Not only because it's, it's inevitably tethered to your life experiences, but it's giving energy to an evil agenda. And so my point in saying all that is to say, yes, getting the memory back is, is scary. Yes, there's times and seasons we have to be looking at the Lord. We have to be looking at it with the Lord. It's not all at once. That wouldn't be merciful. But it's important to remember because you can't convict somebody of a crime if there's no witnesses. And I stole that from Dan <laughs> because it was really hard Let's to go. understand. Oh like, gosh. how do we do that? Why do yeah. I have to remember this? Yeah. And then he said that in one sermon somewhere. Y'all better just check it out because you'll find <laughs> you'll find the gems for yourself in season. He's like, you can't convict someone of a crime without a testimony, without a witness. You're the witness. And wow. every part of ourselves that we get back. Yeah. We, that's our inheritance. It's, it's not just about being able to, you know, live your life a little better. This, our personhood is his inheritance. He said, yeah. we are his inheritance. What? Yes. The one who yes. was uncreated, who made all things, who was complete and holy and perfect in all his ways. I'm his inheritance. Oh, that makes me really important. And that makes you really important. And all those things about you that the enemy has tried to harness for his fwen fwen stuff he does, it's not okay. We got to go for it. And this is where strategic prayer comes in because we have to yes, go get what is his, yes. what is ours. And we already have the victory. So pony up. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you just got to ride out. Get your music that you love. Get your scriptures that you yeah. love. Find a group of people who you can trust and pray with. And pray. Yes. And pray smart and wise prayers, strategic wow. prayers, because you will avail so much. You will, I tell you, when I started this journey, when I got saved in 2009, was it nine or seven? I can never remember. My life has been radically changed. But it wasn't me. I'm just walking with the Lord. Like he's a faithful one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're speaking my language now. This, this is where I live in this, this place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love hearing the testimony because we know it is only by the blood of the lamb and through our testimonies that we overcome. Mm-hmm. And here's another, uh, another line from Dan. You're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness. That's actually in the intro of the podcast. Yeah. Now, I, I know that just speaking with, with Dan personally, because this, this is the thing, Carly. God has people in the kingdom, in the body that he wants us to connect with for one reason or another. It doesn't always need to make sense in the moment. There's things that I've heard. I've listened to people talk for hours years ago when I first started to show and there'll be like one or two things that just stick with me, right? It's like that never left me. And then I'll find, oh, that was a tool that that God was using to give me from somebody else that I, I was to pull out and use for this job, right? It was like that. It's just right there on the back burner at any point in time, turn around, grab it and use it. And, and I think that's interesting. And we need more people to speak up, to talk about their testimonies, to uh, not be afraid to go there 
But we exactly. gotta be strong in the Lord. So like there's this right. balance of like we need to disciple people and and love people. Like literally love them. Like just be there with them. Like it I was reading the scripture the other day and it was like cry with who's crying and laugh with who's laughing. Like or anybody joyful, sing a psalm to the Lord. Is anybody sick? You need prayer, prayer and intercede, right. right? And it's like we need to see more of that as well, because there's there's plenty of like YouTube cool Christian, I feel like Christianity is like kind of cool right now in the public's eye in a way, because it's kind of the rebel, like the whole world is like opposed to it. So people think it's cool to be a Christian rapper, a Christian musician. And I believe there's some real ones out there. I believe there's some real ones out there, but not all of them, you guys, not all of them. The yeah. battles that take place behind closed doors, most people never see that stuff. So you got to have people you can pray with that you trust. And we need more Dan DeVos out there. We need more Carly's out there at this point in time. Oh we, man. We, so all right. Yeah. We need to wake up to who we are. Yeah. And 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 yeah. I think that's where yeah. the rubber meets the road is when you're moving in your identity and you're not living a life of watered down identity. It's not it's not a theological exercise of personality. Right? It's if you punch me in the face and wake me up and ask me who I am, I'm gonna know my name. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm going to know my own name, right? Because it, yeah. it has been with me. It is who I am, frankly, right? This name. And the Lord has a different name for me. But my point is, is that it's got to be so in us. And how does this come? This comes by fellowship, time in the word, realizing that God is with you all the time. And he will speak to you through little things, just like you said, that moment you, you cross paths with somebody, they said a thing, it stuck with you. That's the Lord. That's the Lord right there. And it's learning to recognize those little moments. I tell you, I've had the Lord show up and talk to me through the silliest things. And it's so simple because he it's not always this deep esoteric searching. There's that too. Exactly. Right? Exactly. There's that too. But there's also that Both time sides you, of it, yeah. you see a flower budding and he talks to yeah. you about the cycles of life and how you'll always be born again and again. And there's always hope. And there's always newness of life in him. It's it's just that simple, but we have to choose to, to look for it. Expect the Lord to show up in the everydayness of your life. He will talk to you when you're folding your laundry. He will show you how to be grateful in the mundane things of life because he's there too. Yeah. God isn't just there to be met when you're in your prayer closet. He's there to be met when you're tying your shoes and you're running your kids to this place and that place and you're vacuuming your carpet. It's all, the Bible says, do all things unto the Lord. Yeah. And and that's a relationship. But we're talking, yeah. we're, we're literally talking about a relationship, how we are relating to God, because clearly he is there, whether somebody out there is listening to this or like, I don't see him though. I don't feel him. We can't always base it on, on feelings. Faith is, is not by sight. Yes. It's not by sight. You guys. Yeah. Right. It's Your like faith a, can increase, grow, if you, whether you have blindfold on or not. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the unseen. And I love what you said, Carly. I love what you said about looking at the everyday things because I get distracted. I'm, I work in a factory 40, 50 hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have a young kid, right? I got land, I got chickens here. And I'm like, I'm trying to get all this stuff done. And a lot of times I'll be like, 
I'll just have to laugh at myself and be like, man, I cannot take myself too serious. God, I am like, go, go, go. Right. I got veins popping out. I'm sweating out here and I haven't <laughs> talked to you all day. Lord, like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on around here? Right. And then I'll just start to soak it up with him for a minute. But I wish that literally I had more of the training to see that just by models, by examples, Carly. Lord knows. By examples. Knows. This is the thing. Oh, Next time geez. you're shoveling chicken poop. Ask the Lord to be there with you when you're shoveling the chicken poop. <laughs> okay, when you're when you're sweating and you're running around and you're you know you're frazzled, Lord, just be here with me, because it's learning to yeah. walk in the mundane things. Yeah. Right. And and like this if my true. husband were to leave my house and go be in a different country for a month, if I didn't see him, let's say our phones were broken and we couldn't talk, would he be any less my husband because he's over there? He wouldn't. It isn't the ex. It isn't. If we base our faith purely on our experiential, sensual aspects of, of our relationship with God, we're going to be disappointed in seasons. Yeah. Because this is facts. sometimes you facts. just have to trust, Lord, <laughs> I'm shoveling <laughs> the chicken poop and you're here with me because I got to shovel it. You've, you've made me steward, right? You, yeah. you, you told me to tend and keep the garden. I got these chickens. Now I got to bless them in Jesus name. Maybe they'll poop a little less. I don't know, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Give me some more eggs. <laughs> give me more eggs, less poop in Jesus name. Amen. Oh, you know, but you got to, in it. all, in all things, pray without ceasing, do all things unto yes. the Lord. That when, what that is, is just an invitation. Lord invites. There's seasons in my life where I like, I'm a spiritual warrior, but there are seasons in my life when I'm like, I cannot, I'm just in my turtle shell, like peeking out going, Lord. I ain't going, mm -mm. no, sir, I'm not going out there. You're going to have to come in here with me. And he does. And it doesn't change the things that's happening in my life necessarily in the moment. But I know I've invited him into a place. And that's meaningful. Because every time we give the Lord our yes, every time we open a door for him to come in, he's faithful to sup with us. And you know what? His presence gives us strength. His presence gives us peace. And next thing we know, we look back and we go, I don't know how I got over. But I know one day I said, Jesus, yes. And that's all it takes. It's, it's not always complicated. It's not yeah. always taking time aside and stopping what you're doing. And that's great too. But if you're in a season of life that you can't do that, there's grace for that. Invite him when you're cleaning the toilet. Like, just do it. He's not afraid. He's not a. He's not so uppity that he can't be in the shower, talking to you while you're crying. Like, <laughs> he's got big shoulders, and he's not yeah. easily offended. So, you know, talk to Jesus when you're on the toilet. He don't mind. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> he doesn't. He just wants to be invited in. Yeah. I, you know, I'm really happy that. I love when the episode just goes organic, organically, it just flows. And this is, this is a reminder for me and for everybody listening, um, just to include the Lord in, in more of what we're doing. Cause he's there anyway, mm -hmm. he's already there. So including him in that is really you saying yes to God. I know that you're there. And it reminds me of what repentance is. Repentance is a change of mind. It's changing our mind. We, we can change our mind about how we are dealing with things, about what's going on on our day to day. It's yeah. just 
it's such a great a great place to come to now we have we have a close here in about 10 minutes so i'm gonna say this right now you're you got to come back for part two because we we have so much more to get through yes Lord but knows. i want to yeah i just yeah. wanted to say something i don't mean to butt in no, but absolutely. i, I want to say one more thing after i got saved it wasn't all roses I ended up in a a church where the pastor was predatory, sexually predatory towards me. And in the light of a lifetime of brokenness and self-betrayal and condemnation, I was so vulnerable, even though I was an adult and a mother of two sons, like I should have quote unquote known better. And I think that's the thing the enemy often says to people who are age-wise adults, but they're not we're not there yet because of unresolved trauma and hurts. And I really want to speak to, I want to share my testimony in this place. And it's, it's very vulnerable and raw. It's not pretty to listen to. Some people might not even like me when we're done. Like, ugh, right? But the truth of the matter is these things happen. Church hurts go beyond being disappointed that you didn't get crowned a deacon. Okay. <laughs> They, they can become a rending of the soul that makes you question if he's even real. And there's people out there who have lived that like I have lived that. And there was a point in my life after I, after I finally admitted to my husband what had happened to me that I said to the Lord, look, I don't know anything, nothing. The sky might not even be blue. I might not even be me <laughs> seasons might not be real yo i know two things that's it two things god is good jesus is lord and so help me god you're gonna have to build everything else back because it broke me so deeply it was like the culmination of all my worst traumas took place in the church wow. and it shouldn't be like that but it was and there's a way through and there's an overcoming that's available and it's not time to give up and it's not time to pack up and go to the new age. No, because sometimes the people who are call themselves Christians, they may be well-meaning, but they got their own unresolved stuff. This is facts. That's facts. Yeah. Wow. And it, and it took a toll. <sighs> it took, it affected my marriage. It, it, and we've had to be building back ever since it, affected my new family when I got married again and I had that courage to get married again but the Lord was in it every step of the way not every day and not every moment could I see it but he has been faithfully putting me back together since the moment I confessed to my husband what had happened to me he's been building us back but it's been a very difficult road but this is where the lord calls people overcomers overcomers have overcome some stuff they didn't just arrive on a, a valet of roses you have to fight for stuff if it matters to you you have to buckle down and do it and if you can't do it you invite jesus into your i can't do this right now and i, I would just love to come back and talk about the truth of what happened to me and just pray that it allows other people who've been through similar situations to say to Jesus, yes, again, because he's faithful. 
Absolutely. And you're definitely going to come back. I know just for a sneak peek for the listeners, you have uh, some information or possibly as an experience with Sasquatch and and different hauntings of sort. (laughs) Quick left. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're. <laughs> you want me to touch on that a little bit? A little Sasquatch sprinkles? Just okay. a little glimmer of Sasquatch because I, okay. I love Bigfoot uh, and Don't cryptids in general. Sasquatch? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just I have to go there. And um, we're going to do this as, as uh, literally because the audience is going to expect us to talk about this when you come back. And, and I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. But, but give us a couple little glimmers here of uh, Sasquatch. What's going on there? What's going on with Sasquatch? Oh, the Sasquatch soup. Okay. So my grandparents and my mom's mom's house was haunted and crazy and weird. And at night, my this was out by the Shaquamagon National Forest out in Wisconsin, north central Wisconsin. Little town, middle of nowhere. You can see the whole Milky Way in the sky at night. Legit. Nowheresville. And so there was always, my grandma would call them poltergeists, and they'd move things around the house and and there'd be, there's this one room that there were shadow people and dark, cold. It was always cold. It was, it was strange. But the Sasquatch thing was my grandma would always shut the curtains at night because that's funny because not everybody in my family is sensitive to it, but there was a handful of us that were, and it just felt like someone was watching us through the window. So nobody would want to look out the window at night. My grandma actually went so far as to have a history of the land to see like, were there native American burial grounds or something? Because the place was just weird. But one night, this is a Sasquatch encounter. Um, you won't find me on Sasquatch Chronicles because it's too short of a story, but it's perfect for this timing. <laughs> so my grandma had just passed away and my whole family was at the house and it was an old farmhouse. You walk out the door and you got to walk a little ways to the car. Every, the people who are sensitive to these things, we we did not go outside at night by ourselves because it just was freaky. It was freaky. But this time I'm like, you know what? I'm saved. I got Jesus, me and Jesus. We're going to the car. Hey. So I, it's night. I walk out and I go to my car to get whatever I was going to get. And I look down the driveway between the garage and the barn. And there was like this. It's hard to tell, but I would say about eight or nine feet tall based on a tree that it was standing next to hulking black figure. And the reason why I say was Sasquatch is because the build, it was like the head of the thing was, my God, it was like two huge watermelons. And it was probably four and a half feet wide. And it was because there was a light down that way, down the hill, it was in relief. So I couldn't see features because the light was behind the thing down the yard, probably 25 yards based on me eyeballing a football field in my brain okay and and i just looked at it and i stopped and looking i'm like frozen and this thing's looking at me and i just grabbed my stuff shut the door i was like lord this devil sasquatch thing is not gonna see me running so (laughs) i'm not running right so i start to like walk quickly controlled way back to the house and went inside and I told my mom, she's like, you shouldn't even be going outside at night by yourself. <laughs> wow. But that was the thing is, is between always yeah. feeling like someone's looking through the window and then this one occurrence, you know, and I've seen spirits before. 
I've that's a whole nother thing. That's another podcast for another day. But between the Ouija board and my own seances and channeling and trying to resurrect the soul of my dead father, I've seen a lot of spiritual stuff. And this was not that. This was a very physical something. So you see the silhouette of of the Bigfoot, right? And and, and now let's end it with this, okay? What do you think it was? A physical creature, completely physical, or do you think it was a spiritual being that manifested into the physical? What do you think Sasquatch is? Yeah, well, that's that's a loaded question. The reason why I think this was a, the reason why I think it's both, I think just like all creation, it's sentient, it has self-awareness, it has spiritual stuff about it. It's a, it was a physical thing, so it's physically there, but you know, you can't feel the energy of something that isn't alive. If, if you take a dead flower and put it on the table, you're not really going to be able to feel the energy of it. It's not an animate object, right? Only the th- things that are alive and have an energetic feel, the soul, if you will, I, I hesitate to use that term technically, but then you can feel it. So I think as far as the whole Sasquatch conversation goes, I think they are they're different there's there's different ones that can do different things just like people we have different gifts we have different abilities and and maybe some of us are lumped into you know having a prophetic bent or some of us are lumped into this and i think sasquatch is the same way it's the phys- it's a physical entity that has supernatural expressions and abilities so people have talked about it cloaking or disappearing or or its energy like debilitating you the frequency of its voice i think all of these things lend to believing that it has a spiritual ability that is different than our own so i would say it's both and yeah i really like i really like your answer i i feel very very similar i'm I still haven't made my mind up 100%, but I know it's not just uh, an ape man running around out in the woods. It's so much more than that. And I've never had an encounter with one. Yeah. But but uh, I've, you know, dealt with some other cryptids, if you will. And uh, from what I hear, it sounds very similar. The way that these things make you feel and the presence that they carry. And uh, it's a battle. We, we're in a battlefield. that. All of this, it's it's a battlefield. And Carly, it was it was a pleasure to have you on. And we didn't get into um, enough of your story, so a part two is guaranteed. And I just want to I just want to give you a real quick space if if you have some kind of winding down words for us here, and if you have anything um, where if a listener wants to reach out to you, if you have like a social media site or just anything at all, feel free to plug that. And uh, give us some closing thoughts and words just uh, on on your experience here this far. Um, I think you could put it in the show notes. You could just share my my Gmail account. I'm not big on social media like, you know, China's watching us, Facebook's censoring us. So what are we going to (laughs) say? My my social media is not very interesting, folks. So if you do want (laughs) to reach out to me for some other reason, just email me. I'll give Rod that information. Um, as, in closing thoughts, you're not disqualified because of the things that you've been through. 
God, God can love you back into wholeness. It's not a snap of a finger. It's not an easy road. But you get closer every time you give him your yes. And there's hope. There's hope for people who maybe don't know him, know Jesus. It's not another moral code to live by. You could pick a moral code from any religions of the world. Jesus is the embodiment of all of creation, including you. It's it's not about learning to not do this and to start doing that. It's about learning truly who you are in him because you're not separate. And if you've spent your life feeling separate from something that's bigger than you, I promise you, if you genuinely seek truth in your life, you will land at Jesus. You will land at Jesus. I, I took a long, windy, crazy road, but I got there too. And if he could bring me there, hmm, his hand isn't far from you. And so I hope you come back for part two, because we're going to talk about some of the harder things, some of the testimonies, cosmic justice cases, <laughs> as Daniel says. And, yeah. and we're going to stomp the devil in the face, because you know what? That's what he's got coming. So I'm going to tell my testimony, and it's going to be vulnerable and real, but I'm not ashamed, and I don't think anybody else should be either, because the truth be told is that vulnerability is a weapon of the Lord as well. Because you know what? Wow. Nobody can hurt me. They can't hurt me. I can tell you the dark and crazy, horrible things, the terrible decisions I've made, as ugly as I've been. And what, what, who can take something? Who can take something from me without the Lord say so? I better I be vulnerable and honest with the things that I've been through, and help somebody else than to be afraid of what somebody else might think. God forbid. Psalms one hundred six. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all of his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, Lord, with thy favor that thou bearest unto their people. O visit me with thy salvation that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. Carly, it was an honor to have you here and to hear your story. I know that this one was an emotional roller coaster and we didn't even get into the meat of her story yet. This is just an introduction. So share this one with your friends, family members, with your coworker. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. God bless and goodbye.